don't fear anybody when it comes to the issue of obeying God. Don't ever say because somebody said, and the person is, is my pastor, is my bishop, is my archbishop, and what he or she is saying is against what you know. Now, it doesn't mean you are right, but at least your conviction is based upon the fear of God. If your conviction is based upon your knowledge of the word of God and the fear of God, never go against it for anybody. The older person should instruct you in the word of God, in the ways of the Lord. Hello and welcome. This is Kingdom Word Radio and the program right now is Ask Pastor Banky. And as Pastor Banky, we ask questions. That's just what it is. And we ask those questions of Pastor Banky. <laughs> we ask questions that pertain to our lives, that pertain to doctrines and uh, where we need clarification concerning any of the several books the pastor has written and of course any of the several messages you've listened to. Please send these questions to ask at pastor.ng and you can follow us on all our socials at the KW Radio. At the KW Radio. My name is Hope and you're welcome. We'll take a quick break. Welcome back. This is Kingdom World Radio and you're just joining us right on time. And we are asking. Dr. Bankole Olushino, a.k.a. Pastor Banki. He is the founder of Kingdom Word Ministries that operates from Enugu, Nigeria. Thank you so much, Pastor, for being here again. Yeah, nice to be here again. Yes, sir. Um, so we'll just go straight into the question. Pastor, someone has said that, um, I think it's a she, she is in an environment that they have heavy... Um, demonic activities ongoing mm. and attends a church where they do not encourage speaking in tongues. Now she feels that um, she believes that these things can be handled through speaking in tongues where people come together that she believes that um, it will actually allow for spiritual awakening and spiritual workings, particularly because of that environment. But the church does not believe in speaking in tongues. So what can she do? First, I think she's um, mixing too many things up. I don't know what speaking in tongues has got to do with uh, demonic activity. There's absolutely nowhere in the scriptures where the two are tied together. When the Bible tells us about speaking in tongues, there are about three things that come, that, um, come to mind right away. First, is a sign is a sign for of the presence of the Holy Spirit. The mm -hmm. day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit filled them and they spoke in, the other, in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance and people heard those languages. So the tongues were not just arbitrary, they were tongues of men. And they were signed, therefore, that's the second thing, they signed to those who heard them. Do you understand? And Paul said it later, speaking in tongues is a sign. So we see it's a sign of the presence of the Holy Spirit, it's a sign. I mean, I go into a place, I've never been there before. Maybe they are speaking Jibawa as an example, which is a language in a part of Nigeria. Mm -hmm. And then 
I just open my mouth to say something in English, then something I don't understand comes out. Mm. And then the person responds, the person responds, and I hear what the person say, said, I understand it, even though, and before that, I did not know the language. Mm. So I'm interpreting tongues, then I answer back, this time around the same tongue, unknown to me, but the person thinks I understand the language, yeah. and this has happened a lot to missionaries, okay? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So, you see, that is a sign. Then another way in which speaking on tongues happens is can, a message can be given in church in a tongue and somebody interprets. I'm giving you what the Bible says. And then Paul also says somebody can bless, give a blessing in other tongues. So these are the conditions in which the Bible says one can use tongues, okay, for. And then once, another thing Paul says, if I pray in an unknown tongue, if I speak in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. So we also know praying is done in an unknown tongue. Now, these are the scenarios in, under which I know the Bible talks about tongue speaking. None of it is it alluded to is the way we fight demons. None of it. There's no special thing said about it is the way you engage in spiritual warfare. So why is she saying she believes? It's a personal belief which is not accurate. Hmm. So the, the church say not encouraging it, it, it that's not in any way undermining the spiritual activity or that is the spiritual warfare that is necessary to be done in that area. I don't know why this person is tying it together. It's just that sometimes people go to churches and listen to people who say that that's the only way to fight spiritual battles. At least you have seen that from scripture. It is not at all any special way to fight spiritual battles. Okay? Now, having said that, why don't you even do it on your own? If you go and check the scriptures well, Paul discourages praying in tongues in church. A lot of people don't realize that. He discourages it. He says, only speak tongues loud when it is a message and there is an interpreter. We don't seem to realize that as Pentecostals. As much as possible, tongue speaking should be a personal, if it's not a sign, and if it's not a message, it's a personal thing which you do in your place of prayer. So if the church decides that, okay, I speaking in tongues, it's not, it's not encouraged in church here, and you think you have to fight, fight the demons with tongues, then do it in your house. Nobody is stopping you. But believe me, that is not how to fight demons. Next thing I should quickly say about it is that I think people get carried away with this fighting demons. I said, I'm in a place where there's so much spiritual activity. Where do you think there's none? You think if you go to London, there's no spiritual activity? That's because everybody's wearing suit and wearing coat because of <laughs> cold. Come on, spiritual activity is everywhere. It's not unique to Africa. Yes. It's actually, this person is actually, I think the person is even from one of those um, Western climes. It's not a Nigerian. Oh, okay. So spiritual activity. Okay. So there's spiritual activity everywhere. Yes. The way you overcome spiritual activity is simple. The preaching of truth in the environment. Okay. And then spiritual activity tries to trap you in with temptation. You stand for righteousness in your life. Mm. Those are the two things. There's no deliberate attack against spiritual activity that you find anywhere in scripture. Having done all stand, okay? You go to the place of prayer, okay? In fact, the funny thing, the Bible, when we are talking about uh, this thing, um, spiritual activity in Ephesians chapter 6, the emphasis is on wearing the shield of faith, putting on the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet shot with the, with the gospel, the preparation of the gospel of truth, having the belt of truth, you understand? The gospel of peace, the belt of truth, which other one am I missing now? The, final, the element of salvation, Keeping your mind sound. And then the final one, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Yeah. Of course, on your lips. That's what he's talking about. That's real spiritual battle. Mm. 
look, spiritual activity is not going out to go and fight demons. Spiritual activity is primarily doing two things. One, living a life of righteousness and preaching the gospel as is necessary. Once you've done those two things, you'll be fine. Wow. Pastor, this does not sound like the things you have been learning. Not from me. I don't know where you <laughs> learned it from. Not from me. You Not from me at all. You're growing up um, spiritually in Pentecostal. There's a book I like to <laughs> recommend, you understand? I've read around a bit. I have found that book the best. It hasn't failed. We have walked by it. And that's Kenneth Higgins' Triumphant Church. Mm. As a young believer, before he wrote Triumphant Church, he had another one, The Believer's Authority. But they are two of the authority of the believer and believer's authority. All right, believer's authority is a bigger version of authority of the believer. So I recommend the believer's authority. And then later on, he wrote The Triumphant Church. I recommend those two books. It helped me as a young Christian. This, this, I've never pursued demon in my life. Never. What's possible? If demon's looking for me, then I'll handle it. Mm. Do you get my point? If somebody comes, needs help, and it's a demonic problem, we'll handle it. But people just say, come, let's go out and I want to destroy the demons here. It doesn't have any meaning. It's just exercise we get involved in. People say that they, are, they just get into you want to do spiritual warfare. They're speaking in tongues for an hour. You want to know the truth? It has no meaning. Hmm. It doesn't have any effect. What are you going to achieve at the end of the day? The thieves are still going to be stealing. <laughs> the harlots are still doing their business. I hope you can imagine. Unbelievers are still not believing. Go out and preach the gospel. These signs shall follow those who believe. It's good to pray to be filled with the Spirit. It's very important. Make sure you are filled with the Spirit. If you are filled with the Spirit, no gate of hell will be able to withstand the onslaught of the gospel that you are preaching. That is what spiritual activity is. It is spiritual warfare is. And most spiritual warfare actually is a personal thing. When I say personal, it's about it's warring to pull down strongholds in your life. Mm. My power as a Christian is the power that's with God I tap into by prayer. It's all those mindsets it's all those wrong mindsets that we need to break down with the power of the word of God in our lives. Those are their primary spiritual activities we should get involved in. Not pursuing demons from, from strange places and trees. Some people actually go to chase demons from trees. That's okay. why I know those who don't have work. Uh, I think it's Jeremiah that says that um, you have been given, um, I'm not sure how it says it, but mm -hmm. to pull down to break uh, yeah to, say, i put my word on your lips yes, that's what he told him my words on your lips yes jeremiah okay. chapter one so it's that word on the lips how mm. do you now use it to pull down you just check how jeremiah did it he just <laughs> prophesied it's simple after you are quoting from jeremiah <laughs> do you understand yes. we are quoting from jeremiah how did jeremiah do it it's simple he said everywhere i tell you to go you will go everything i tell you to say you will say it hmm. that's all that's Jeremiah chapter 5. Then the Lord stretched out that chapter 1 verse 9. Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Next line. See, I have appointed you this day. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to, over, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. And if you see the next one, he said, what do you see? I see a rod of an almond tree. What does it mean? It means I am watching over my word to perform it. So everywhere you go, speak the word of God. Mm. That is how you uproot, you pluck up, you destroy, you overthrow, and then you build and the plant. Okay. 
Thank you so very much, sir. Also, Pastor, let's take another question. Someone has said, um, Pastor, I have heard you teach for several years, and it strikes me how knowledgeable you are on so many fronts. My question is, how do you have time to amass such information, considering how busy you are? Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing. I hear things like that once in a while. First, thank you very much for trying to flatter me. No, that's not your intention. I'm just joking about that. Uh, all right? I don't know exactly how knowledgeable I am. People say that, but what I have to say about that, is, uh, whatever little knowledge I have was not acquired overnight. It's a habit. It's a habit which, incidentally, I formed 32 years ago, 33 years ago, thereabout, was when the habit began. I read a book by Oswald um, Sanders, Spiritual Leadership, and the man had a chapter in that book titled The Leader and His Reading, and he, he, he taught that a leader, a Christian leader, should be a studious person, okay? Mm -hmm. So where do I get um, on, uh, information from? God has given us a lot. Books, that's what I used to do mostly those days. These days, the internet is our friend, messages, smart devices, but the emphasis is that it's here a little, there a little. It's not overnight. One day, young man stopped me after church. He said, how can, how can he remember scriptures, you know? Mm. I was advising him and all of that. Then as I was about to leave, something dawned on me. So I called him back. I said, come. Is it me you are looking at? You want to be able to talk scriptures the way I do? He now smiled and said, yes. I said, oh boy, this was long ago. Then I told him that I've been doing this for more than 15 years. So, so don't think I had a trick by which <laughs> I learned it. No. Mm. I, it's, you, it's, some, it's just what you do all the time. You, you get my point? Yes. It's, it's rare for a whole day to pass. I did not listen to a message that somebody has preached. It's rare. A whole day, 24 hours. It's a rarity. Mm. Okay? You enter my car. As soon as you enter my car, something starts playing. Because the, the car device will just connect with the phone and it stops where I stopped. Okay? So you make it a habit. It just has to be a habit. There's no trick, it's a habit. Like, uh, one of my sons is, um, when, I want to, when he doesn't know something, and I want to show him that it's because he doesn't have interest and he didn't pay attention, young guy, teenager, I asked him a few questions about football, and he, he has never failed to give me the right answer. Mm. Never. I said, now how come you know it? You don't study football in school. <laughs> interest. It's simple. There's no football in school. There's no curriculum in school where they say, okay, today we're talking about UEFA Cup. No. But when you, when you and your friends discuss, you're talking about who moved from one club to another. You're talking about one captain. You're talk that is, he so knows football, I'm wondering, why can't this boy just know physics and mathematics? <laughs> like, you my point. Yeah, but it's interest. That's how it is. It's interest. So if you are interested in spiritual things or other things, again, the Bible says that the godly ones in this, in, of this earth, they are my heroes. That's what uh, David said. If you make your heroes certain kinds of people, they put information in your heart. For example, let's say Christians. When you are watching Big Brother, this Big Brother, that, you know you are shrinking your brain. If every time you see in front of the television is um, Indian soap operas you are watching, or, or even it's African soap opera, you are shrinking your brain. You are not expanding your mind. When you have to read, read things that inform you. If you go online, you should be on an information site gathering something. You should be there studying scriptures. You know, you should be there trying to get to understand life. And of course, most importantly, you ask God. If God shows up to me, to, if shows up to me today and say, "Ask me for something," what I will ask him is what Jeremiah was told. Sorry, what I will ask him for is what Daniel was told. Give me skill and 
understanding. Mm. Okay. Thank you very much, Pastor. And um, at this point, we'll take a short break. Please don't go anywhere. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, you're right on time. Uh, this is Ask Pastor Banky on Kingdom Word Radio. Please join our conversation on all our socials at the KW Radio, at the KW Radio. And send your questions to ask at pastor.ng. Okay, so quickly, um, Pastor, you know the story of the old prophet and the young prophet? Yes. Every time I hear it, I, I don't... I. While I think that um, the young prophet should have paid attention, but I also cannot help but feel sorry for the young man. And I'm wondering, how does, um, right now, how does a young child of God, I don't mean a baby, mm -hmm. but, you know, someone who is... A um, young prophet. A young prophet, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, just these days, many people don't use the term prophet, prophet, they use man of God. Okay, a young so man of God. How can a young man of God really um, withstand that um, deception? Yes. Okay, it's true. Um, very good question. Of course, for those who don't know, your story, the story you are referring to is from First Kings chapter 13, all right, in which um, he sent the prophet to Bethel, okay, against the altar built by Jeroboam. And God had told the prophet that you go to that place, go one way, come out another way, and then you will prophesy against the altar of Jer that Jeroboam built false uh, for a false god now when he finished exactly what he said happened in fact the bible says that the altar was split okay and the ashes that were on it shall be poured out and that exactly happened now um after the man left there was an old prophet a senior prophet in that city and that senior prophet was not around when all of these things happened yes. his own servants his young disciples or um students they came to him and said, look at what happened while you were gone. Mm. That he went and looked for that man, overtook him on the way and stopped him. And asked him to do exactly what God said he should not do. Yeah. One of it, I, I, meant, I forgot to mention, you can read the story there, First Kings chapter 13. One of it was that you are not to eat in that city. You are mm. not to drink. Just come, deliver your message and keep going by another route. The man said, come back with me to the city. And the young boy told the old prophet, no. God said I should not come back. And the old prophet said, oh, yes, I know, I know, I know. But an angel stood by me mm. and gave me the word of the Lord and said that I should bring you back to eat and drink. So he believed the old man and he went back with him. But the Bible says, but he lied to him. You know, it's one of those scriptures that, you know, they ring in my head all the time. He said, but he lied to him. I never forgot it. You know, it just sticks with you. That's in verse 18. Mm. So your question is, Oh, again, the story has not ended. He died for that. Yes, sadly. The, the one that used to intrigue me was that while he was eating, the old prophet was the one that prophesied mm. that now you have disobeyed God, yes. you are going to die. And he died. That old prophet has his own judgment packed up for sure, somewhere. We are not talking about, uh, the Bible did not tell us about it. The question therefore is, what can a young man do? A young woman too. So that somebody will not say that God said, and then you will go against it. Yes. The only thing I can decipher after decades, literally decades, this has been on my mind literally for 
I don't think less than 20 years. This is the conclusion I came to. Number one, don't fear anybody when it comes to the issue of obeying God. Don't ever say because somebody said, and the person is, is my pastor, is my bishop, is my archbishop, and what he or she is saying is against what you know. Now, it doesn't mean you are right, but at least your conviction is based upon the fear of God. If your conviction is based upon your knowledge of the word of God and the fear of God, never go against it for anybody. The older person should instruct you in the word of God, in the ways of the Lord. Now again, you must also understand, this was a prophet. So, the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is expected. So when that word of the Lord came to him clearly, he should not disobey it for any reason, except God by himself gives another clear word. In the same fashion, he gave the first one. Because God speaking to you directly, is superior to somebody said that God said to him through an angel. See, three steps. Mm. One is a prophet, two is through an angel. But the Lord has spoken to you directly. Alright? So, for me, I will say, never go against what you know for anybody. Then just bear this in mind, which I think is the most crucial lesson there. Prophets lie. For me, that's what I always quote from there. Prophets lie. Pastors lie. Bishops lie. Anybody can lie. So just bear it in mind. There have been times people are preaching before. I will preach to my wife. I said, that guy is lying. She said, how do you know? I said, he's lying. He's lying. <laughs> people have written us before that Pastor Bank said somebody is a false prophet. And the false prophet is so false, you are amazed anybody is following him. <laughs> I said, I can say somebody is false. I said, I can say somebody is false because it's so clear that the fellow is false. You're just the one that can't see it. One man actually wrote us once. I said, I'll just through with that email. He said that now nah, I said this man is false, that he should have changed my mind now. I said, eh, you sit in your house somewhere where I don't know, telling me I have changed my mind about one man is false. Of course, such a way, do you answer them? I said, it's a free country. Follow who you want to follow. But if I tell you somebody is false, it's because I have my reasons to say the fellow is false. Now, bear that in mind. Even genuine prophets, this one was he a false prophet? No, but he lied. Mm. Even genuine prophets lie. So just bear it in mind, so that you know that the fact that somebody said is not what makes it final. I don't care how much you love and respect the person. The word of God is final. Mm. There are denominations that you say that this is what the word of God said. No, but our God said, yes. our leaders said, I say against scripture. Mm. <laughs> Maybe you want to die. I don't. That's what I have to say about that. Too. I agree with you. However, that is quite a painful experience mm. and it causes one to really really contemplate yeah so really contemplate yes um okay so the the next question i don't know if you want to take the next question actually uh, but but i think this would be good um we have been encouraged by some of our christian leaders to go around the places of our around the areas of our influence like mm. our places of work and our businesses mm -hmm to go around there praying and speaking in tongues and confessing the word. Is this practice okay? It's prayer. I mean, how can it not be okay? It's not a law of God. You just, um, I mean, going around praying. It's very okay. You, you, speaking you, you, in tongues is You're alone. You're okay. praying. It's not a church. I mean, you can do that in your office. They didn't say go during the uh, during the lunch hour. Go to the, uh, you know, the cafeteria. <laughs> okay. I'm a shouting, I'm a speaking in and disturbing the whole society. No, 
says your workplace. Mm -hmm. Ah, what, what is wrong with it? I know people travel to go and pray in certain countries, they walk around the whole city. You see, there's all the Bible calls faith extenders. And sorry, not Bible. I heard somebody say it. Okay. And then there are also special manifestations. There's what the Bible calls diversities of manifestations. Mm. Prophetic manifestations come different ways. Say, so go and dip in the Jordan seven times. There's no scripture that says anybody needing healing should dip in the Jordan seven times. Yes. But one prophet said, you go and dip in the Jordan seven times. So some of these things are not doctrinal issues. Mm. Do you get my point? Mm. Say, so my pastor said, okay, for this matter, I should wake up during the night and pray from um, maybe 12 midnight to 2 a.m from 12 midnight to 2 a.m. And it's prayer. Mm. Is there a scripture that says that's how they solve problems? No. That's what he told you to do. It is prayer. It's nothing... Personally, I think it's very, the best time to pray. I just don't believe in chasing demons at such times. <laughs> <laughs> what do I think is the best time to pray? My own experience, when I do that, I'm calm. My mind is not disturbed. Everybody else is asleep. Do you follow my point? And I'm not in a hurry. So I can get on my knees... And at certain times, I like to peace so that nothing spiritual, just so I don't fall asleep. Mm. Because if you kneel down, you will fall asleep after mm. a short while. Mm. So you pace up and down. Sometimes I do it in my room. My wife is there, she's sleeping. I don't, I don't make enough noise to wake her up. Mm. Okay? If I think it's going to get noisy, maybe you walk to another part of the house. There's no law about it. So if, you, you're, if somebody says, go around your place and speak in tongues, and prophesy. It's good. I think it's good spiritual practice. But if you ask me, if, you, if you, some people say, no, I don't like going out. I like to do it in my office. Fine. Some say, I don't even like to go there. I still do my house and face my office and begin to prophesy. These are spiritual things. From your, from your home, you can prophesy over your office, even though it's 3 kilometers, yes. 20 kilometers, 100 kilometers away. There's no distance in the spirit. Yes. So I, I, those kind of things, I really don't think they are serious questions in that they are not a problem. It's just prayer. Please pray. Whichever excuse you find to pray, use it to pray. Okay. So my pastor said, I didn't tell you enter into the shower, begin to pray. It's good. <laughs> Another excuse to pray. Mm. My pastor said that if you just go to the toilet, also sit on the toilet, we'll begin to pray. He's good. My Bible said, when you are eating, you'll be speaking in tongues and eating. It's good. <laughs> Take my boy. Any excuse to pray. Mm. As mothers, as you are bathing your babies, as you are bathing the head, speaking tongues over their head yes. and prophesying over their head, <laughs> all well and good. Any excuse to pray. Okay. Thank you so much, sir. Um, there's, I think we, we, we have time for just a final question. Um, so, I, sir, can animals get possessed? I don't understand the way my dog has been acting recently. And I think that the dog might be possessed. Are you sure it's not possessed with rabies? That, let's start with that one. So, uh, no, seriously. Before we go to possession by animals, uh, um, evil spirits. Maybe we should start with, is that dog taking the necessary vaccines? Mm. Because you're supposed to vaccinate dogs every year. Okay. Anti-rabies. They, they have a number of vaccines. So please, before we start acting, asking funny questions like, my dog is behaving funny. First, maybe even watching certain home movies or going to certain churches. <laughs> Alright? If your dog is behaving funny, get a vet. Okay. Okay? And uh, first, check your car. Did you vaccinate this dog? Mm. Dogs that have rabies will start behaving funny. And that's a very dangerous thing. Hmm. It's very dangerous. It's extremely dangerous. When animals get possessed, the only ones I know that get possessed, they drown. Uh, the pigs, they were possessed by those demons and then they drowned. Hmm. They walk around the streets possessed. For me, if my animal gets possessed, 
and is a real demon. Not, I didn't vaccinate the dog demon. <laughs> if it comes near me, the demon will run away. Mm. Do you get mm. my point? So if you're hanging around your dog and you're a serious believer and it's your dog, I don't know how your dog will get possessed. Where were you? No, you didn't vaccinate that dog. That's all I have to say. But do animals get possessed? I would like this. None of my business. Mm. I really don't care. If you are possessed, if you come near me, the demons will leave you alone. And if you are my dog, you can't get possessed. No, th nothing that belongs to me gets possessed. So the theory of whether the animals get possessed or not, it's relevant to my life. Okay. And as Pastor said, if the animals get possessed, then they will, get, they will drown. <laughs> <laughs> they will drown. They will fall into your well. That's when I know that. Yes, like they, you, maybe, this maybe, swine. maybe your dog gets possessed. You're rushing to the center of the express. One car okay. will clear it for you. Then you know that dog was possessed. Okay. But if it's around your house misbehaving, go and get the vet. Okay. Thank you very much, sir. Um, I think that we've actually had um, some very interesting questions. Um, I, I would just like to encourage all our listeners, please, it's so important to study the Word of God for ourselves. Let's take time out to read the Bible. Ask God for understanding. And the Spirit of God actually gives understanding. Yes. When we ask Him, He gives. Sometimes, we, when we listen to so many funny stories around, many we have so many pastors, we can actually get distracted. We can actually um, lose sight of what God had taught us before. So please, let's take time out to constantly study the Word of God and ask the Spirit Himself to teach us. He never leaves. He actually does teach if we open our hearts to him thank you very much uh, pastor we also want to encourage everybody to go to the website pastor.ng you can get um several pastor has over a thousand messages there he has several sermons tracts over 25 books that are actually all there and they are free to download so please let's avail ourselves of these materials to ensure that we live lives that please god and lives that are knowledgeable based on scriptures this has been Ask Pastor Banke on Kingdom Word Radio. Send your questions to ask at pastor.ng. Follow us on all our socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the KW Radio. At the KW Radio. My name is Hope. See you next time. <laughs>